Amen. All right, we're down to maybe, I think we got three more left in here. We have not looked at peace. We have not looked at We have not looked at self-control tonight. And look at peace. Matter of fact, the title of my message tonight is, is called uh, The Benefits of, of Peace. The Benefits of Peace. So we're going to talk about peace tonight. Amen. How many of you know that it's important that we have peace in our life? Amen. I don't know about you, but my preference, I choose peace over money. Now, don't get me wrong. I need both of them. Can I get a witness up in here? Now, there ain't nothing wrong with having peace and some money. Because we know Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 19 says that, that, that money answereth all things. Amen. So, but if I had to choose, I'm going to take that peace. Because how many millionaires we know that then blew their brains out? How many entertainers? How many uh, 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 art, uh, 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 secular artists do we know that, that they literally, they had all the money that, in the world, but they had no peace? It's really a travesty because even the Bible says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his, his soul? His soul, this, your soul is, a, of course, the seat of your emotions and, and your feelings. And obviously, all of us in here, we have a soul that, that, that's full of emotions and, and feelings. And that's why it's important that we have to have peace in our life. Why? So, as I said about two or three weeks ago, so we don't live our life in our emotions. We don't live our life in our feelings. Because 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says we, 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 we walk by faith, not by sight. Sight meaning we don't live our life based on our emotions and our feelings. Amen. And the minute that you find yourself being emotional and being in your feelings, you better hurry up and get back into the spirit. Amen. For somebody to get hurt. Can I get a witness up in here? I got any women here, you know you still got a little Shaquita in you. Even you white women up in here, some of you Hispanic women. Don't, don't sit up here like, what, what are you talking about? You got a little bit where you can just snap and go off, amen? And same with us men, amen? Every man in here, you might be Brother Johnson, but there, you still got John in there that could snap and go off, amen? Want to go to work on some Mondays and just want to just haul off and hit somebody. But that's where we can't live our life and our feelings, Amen? We need that peace, amen. So tonight, we're going to talk about peace, amen, because you know what? John 10, 10, put that up real quick. Look at John 10, 10. Now, I love the latter part of John 10, 10, but let's look at the beginning. It says the thief, talking about Satan, he, he does not but come to, uh, except to, to steal. That's his assignment is that the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy that's his assignment. He wants to come and he wants to steal moments from you. You know, one of my daughters, Mariah, she's in here. One of the things that she talks about years ago, she said, I love how our family, how we celebrate moments. Like when Kingdom in the Valley turned 10 years old, I had a limousine come to the house and pick us up, took us to dinner. We went home and sung happy birthday to Kingdom. We was basically singing happy birthday to y'all because y'all make up Kingdom. Ain't no Kingdom without y'all. Because if I'm talking about I got a church called Kingdom and ain't nobody following me, I'm just a Negro taking the walk. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, that's real talk. So I was really celebrating y'all. <laughs> so, you know, because 10 years is a major accomplishment, especially when you have people telling you you wouldn't make it two years. And here we are now about to be 12 this January, and God has done Ephesians 3.20. He's done exceedingly, abundantly, above, more than we can even imagine or even think. 
to turn 10 and then move into a 10-acre facility that can hold 1,487 people is what they say, but we've been able to get 1,800 in here at times with sticking chairs and illegally sticking chairs and stuff in here. Not a lot of churches have made those kind of accomplishments within the 10-year period. But God told me, he said, what normally would take 20 years, I'm going to do it for you in four. If you walk in humility, integrity, and obedience, I'm telling you, God's love is unconditional. In other words, God loves you even when you're crazy. Can I get a witness up in here? But the promises of God come with conditions. Psalm 84 and 11, he said, there's no good thing that I'll withhold from them that walk uprightly. So as long as none of us are perfect, but as long as we're giving God a perfect effort, he'll begin to breathe on you. He will cause favor. See, see what comes behind obedience is blessing and favor. I'm going to say that one more time. What comes with, when, when you begin to be obedient to God, he will cause favor and blessing to run you down. That's why I love Isaiah 119. He said, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Anybody interested in eating the good of the land? Amen. That is the will of God for his children. There it is. If you're willing and obedient, you shall. Somebody say shall. Shall means without doubt. You're going to eat the good of the land. In other words, God will deliver you from Jack in the Box. Can I get a witness? And take you into the land called Papa Dose. <laughs> I was with a pastor earlier today. We, we went to Papa Dose. I was so glad he picked up that little black thing. What's that look? You got the check in there? I was like, praise the Lord. That's favor. That's blessing. <laughs> I said, you want me to piece up on it? He said, no, I got this. I said, praise him. How many know you don't you ever turn down a blessing? Look at your neighbor and say, don't you turn down no blessing. I've had people, I'm just humble. I don't want no blessing. Please. Well, if you don't want it, give it to me. Just beat me right after church. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. John 10, 10. The thief, Satan, comes to steal. He wants to steal moments. Don't let the enemy steal your moments. Amen. Then it says he comes to, to kill, wants to, you to leave this life premature. I've heard people that funerals, well, it was just a time. No, it wasn't a time. Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death. Some stuff, we earned the wage. So the enemy comes to steal. There it is right there. The wages of sin is death. Amen. You out there too long, you can get caught up. How many people do me and you know because they stay, they linger too long? They're not with us no more. And the only reason why God preserved you is because he knew the end from the beginning. He knew you was going to make the transition. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Because me and you should have been a statistic. Somebody say, but God. Should have been a statistic. But God. Still kill and destroy. His ultimate assignment is to destroy you. He, the enemy don't want you to have peace. Matter of fact, he wants a piece of you. He wants to take pieces of you like your, he wants to, he wants to be able to rent space in your head and have dominion over you and authority over you and cause you to be an emotional basket case. That when you hit a wall, you flip out. The devil is a lie. Everything you need is in this book. Amen. All you have to do is make a decision and say, you know what, I got to stand on that. So let, let's get into this a little bit. Go, go to John 14, 26. John, I, I love this. Go to J John 14, 26. Just look at this. It says, but the helper, 
the one who aids us and assists us, the Holy Spirit. Anybody grateful for the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is there to aid us, to assist us, and even convict us, and it empowers us, amen, to live a, a, a life of abundance, amen, a life of self-control. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. People have asked me, how do you remember scripture like that? This scripture right here, because the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, and it brings all things back to your remembrance. Somebody say all things. I tell my kids, when you're taking the test, you better tell the Holy Spirit, bring all that back. Everything I've studied, all this algebra, come on somebody, all this chemistry, come on. Lord, better bring it back to my remembrance, because this mind is a trip. Amen. But the Holy Spirit will help you retain things. Go back there. And it says, and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. But this is where I really want to go. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. Thank God he didn't leave us comfortless, huh? He said, listen, I, I'm going to leave you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So now we can have the peace of God. Then it goes on, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So number one, one of the benefits of peace is God has sent it to us. He has sent us peace. So you don't have to be a basket case. You don't have to have a nervous breakdown. You don't have to allow anxiety to have dominion over you. You don't have to allow fear to have dominion over you. You don't have to allow unbelief to have dominion over you. Why? Because he has sent you and I his peace. So number one, God has sent us peace. Now go back to 27 real quick. Verse 27. Look at this. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let's stop right there. Let not your heart be troubled. The enemy wants you and me to go through seasons in our life where we're just troubled. You ever met somebody, they just always in trouble. Something is always going on. Seem like every time you turn around, they hit a wall and they get frantic. But you got to remember that God has left you and I his peace. So we don't have to allow, we don't have to let our heart be troubled. I didn't say that the enemy wasn't going to come knock on your heart. I didn't say that the enemy was not going to come in like a flood because he will. All I'm saying is, is that when you have peace, you can whistle in your storm. Anybody ever had it? You just whistled in your storm. You just smiled in your storm. You just said, you know what? I'm in the middle. I'm not denying the fact that I'm in the storm, but I know Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says that I can look unto God because he will be the author and the finisher of my faith. So I'm going to take my behind the bed and let God figure this out because he's a God that neither slumbers nor does he sleep. So I know that God's got this thing. So I'm just going to rest in his promises. Do I have anybody here tonight? Maybe you've hit wall this week. Well, I got a word for you. I dare you just to begin to rest. Somebody scream rest in his promise. Now give God a hand praise in this place. Look at somebody say rest. You better rest in what God already said he's going to do. I can rest in the fact that he said in Isaiah 54, 17 that no weapon formed against me. It won't prosper. I didn't say weapons haven't been formed because they have been. But it's not going to prosper. Why? 
because I'm going to arm myself with the peace of God. Amen? So there it is, no weapon formed. There's, there's a level of peace that comes to a person's psyche, your spiritual mind. When you make up in your mind, you know what? No weapon formed. Even though you didn't mean, anybody been hit with two, three things at one time and you was like, what mean is this? We've even had to t change our verbiage because our verbiage is to be like, what in the hell is going on? Some of y'all was worse than that. Now I look at my wife, I be, what mean is this? That's, you didn't graduate. Come on, somebody, that's big time for a lot of us. Because you would be like flippity flam, ham and the cheese and mother, father. Can I get a witness up here? Anybody going to be honest tonight at church? Look at your neighbor and say, change your verbiage. Y'all need to be walking around y'all about what mean is this? Say that about four or five times, regroup, take a couple of breaths, and be like, okay, God, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Lord, I thank you that you said in Romans 8.31 that, that if, you, if, 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 if God be for me, boy, when I grasped that scripture in my early 20s, that's my go-to scripture when I hit a wall. If God be for me, and then all of a sudden this peace just comes over me. And I'd be like, this too shall pass. Anybody ever had to say, this too shall pass? Amen. Well, I'm telling you, even tonight, if some of you have hit a wall, I'm telling you tonight, this too shall pass. If all that other stuff passed over, well, this ain't, it ain't here to stay. That storm is there to actually to help you to a degree. Even Joseph told his brothers, as if you read Genesis 50, 20, he said, but y'all meant for evil. God meant it for good. Put that up real quick. Thank y'all for following me so good tonight. But as for you, 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 meant, you meant evil against me when they threw him in the pit. They meant evil. Come on. They were going to kill him and then they thought about it. Well, you know what? Let's sell them to the Ishmaelites. In other words, people will sell you out. So then it says, uh, but, but God meant it for good. Every storm you've gone through, kingdom, God meant it for good. And the good that's come out, listen, it's made you wiser, it's made you stronger, it even helped you get some people out your life that you knew didn't mean you no good anyway. Now you got better discernment on who you allow to be in your world. I don't even want to be around you if you don't want to do life with me. Come on, somebody. You need serious people in your life that want to do life with you. I'm not saying they're going to do life with you forever, but at least for that season, Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So God has sent us peace. Then let's go on to this. Number two, because of time. The number two thing is God will, not so God, number one, God has sent us peace. Number two, God will fill you with his peace. Go to, go to uh, 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 Romans 15, 13. Go to yeah, Romans uh, 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 15, 13. God will fill you with this. Now, now, may the God of hope. Love that, the God of hope. Some people think hope is a, is a bad word. Hope, actually, if you look it up in the Greek, it means to have an expectation. That means I'm anticipating something. So when if, if your hope is, 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 or your faith ain't where it needs to be, y'all like, Lord, I'm hoping in you. Lord, I'm anticipating, I'm expecting for you to do something phenomenal in my life. So, so, so may the God of hope, the God of expectation, of anticipation, fill you with all joy and peace 
and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. But look at that. He says uh, that I may uh, go back. It says, but, the, but, but may the God of hope fill you with not only joy, but he says the God of hope will fill you with peace. Somebody say peace. So the God of hope will, will fill you with his peace. Uh, the word uh, filled, it, it, it means to, to become overwhelmed in his presence. He wants you to be filled with so much peace that when something jump off, while everybody else flatlined and falling out, you're going to be, and? What's the big deal? You know, like in 07, 08, when the recession hit, folks was falling out. People were asking me, is Jesus coming back, Pastor? Is God coming back? I said, listen, the Bible says Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and don't even know what time he's coming back. So how are you going to come to me? This is the Messiah don't even know. Read that when you get a chance. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father and don't have a clue. And people have asked me, are we living in the end times? I say, yeah, but that don't mean God coming back tomorrow. That could be 400 years from now. So don't you get caught up in all that. Listen, just be rapture ready. Especially, I'm looking at our options for this presidential candidate stuff. My God in heaven. Maybe he is coming back. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. Man, I might run in the four years. They let convicted felons run nowadays. <laughs> Jesus. Let me get into this. Where am I? God will fill you <laughs> with his peace. We need to be praying that whoever wins, Lord, fill them. Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Let them have an encounter. Let them invite me to the White House. I will go on a shanda. Just lay hands. I'm... Prophesy over everybody up in there. Tell them, if y'all don't get right, y'all gonna die. <laughs> Run this country with a God conscious. Amen? That's what we need to be praying. Lord, whoever wins, Lord, let them run this, this office where the God comes, let the people of God start falling and begin to cry out to God. We don't know that whoever's in office can have an encounter with God and all of a sudden they can be talking about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We don't know what God can do. We just got to trust God that he knows what he's doing. Obviously he knows what he's doing. Because you know what gives me comfort? Go to Romans 13.1. Now I didn't even mean to go here, but look at this. Look at this real quick. Romans 13.1. This is what we, it says, let every soul be subject to the governing of authorities. So whoever wins, we have to come subject to that. If it's, if it's Hillary Clinton, if it's, uh, uh, what's my man's name? Donald Trump, we got to pray. But, so, but we still got to be subject. Subject meaning we have to yield and give in to whoever wins. Why? Because it says, it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. So our prayer is that, okay, God, you know the end from the beginning. You know who's going to win. Lord, start getting their mind right. Lord, touch their heart right now. Lord, let them go into office with a mindset of bringing God back into the schools. Let's start right there. Let's, let's, before they even, she, that person even meets with their cabinet, that there be some prayer that will go forth. 
So again, look at that. It says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. So all authority comes from God. Just like me, I'm an authority. Because why? It came from God. This wasn't my doing. I just hearkened to the voice of God because I know what he called me to do. And I stepped out and do it. You take one step, he'll take two. You understand what I'm saying? So look at that. So all authority comes from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So whoever you vote for, if they don't win, don't be poking your lip out. You better be like, okay, God put that person there. He appointed them there. Now I got to get behind whoever won, and we're going to pray that they become a winner in God. Amen? Like, we, we got to really pray those kind of prayers. Amen? But that's a whole nother topic. And y'all know, I don't typically talk about politics. That's not my thing. Because I'm not trying to persuade a person to go either way. It's a, you hear from God on that. Amen. But so God will fill you with his peace. Now, so we looked at Romans 15, 13. He says, I will, the hope of God will fill you with this peace. Now go to, uh, 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 and, and the fill means to be overwhelmed with his presence. Now go, go to Romans 8 and 6. Look at this scripture real quick. Look at this. Romans 8. It says, uh, to be carnally minded is death. We can't live in our carnal being, people of God, even though we know obviously it still exists in us, but that's not where you put your hope and your trust and your, your carnality. You don't, we don't do that. It says to, to be carnally minded is death. That's why the people that go through life carelessly don't live a long life because you're carnal. So the carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, somebody say spiritually minded, is life and peace. When we are spiritually minded, you can't help but continue to get filled with God's peace. Because as you continue to go to different dimensions in your faith, amen, even let me drop this on you. A lot of times um, when we ask God, God, I want to go to another dimension. Sometimes we got to be careful what we ask for. Because when you start asking for different levels and dimensions, new levels, new devils. One of the things that when we ask God to take us to another dimension, you know what we need to be saying? Okay, God, when you take me to this next dimension, two things. Let me be more spiritually minded. And Lord, give me more peace to with, with be able to withstand this weight that you put on me. Amen? I have a different level of peace. I can't operate in the peace that I had back at the swap meet. It didn't take a whole lot of peace back then because it was $1,700 a month. Where this note is almost $22,000 a month. So you got to have a different level of faith. My payroll over there was like four or 5000 every two weeks where the payroll now is like 40000 every two weeks. So I got to have peace when I go to bed because I don't know who's going to give. My wife can come up here and talk about your talent and talk about your time and your tie. That don't mean everybody going to follow through. So I got to have faith and I got to have a level of peace that we're going to have at least 10, 15 percent of the church that's going to follow through so we can keep this thing moving for Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? So when you start asking for new levels and new dimensions, you better ask God, Lord, give me peace at that realm, though. Because with that, 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 that next level comes more responsibility. And if you don't have peace, you will bite somebody's head off. If you don't have peace, you'll be asking them to send me back to the cubicle. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? 
So go, go, go back to that real quick. It says, for to be carnally minded is, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When we are spiritually minded, I believe that God will overwhelm us with his peace. Matter of fact, let's go to the next scripture. This, this, if you ever want to know my favorite chapter in the Bible, it's, it's, it's Romans. I love the book of Romans. Because of the carnal mind, it's empty against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. For indeed, can't, can't be. Uh-huh, next verse. It says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we got to be spiritually minded. And when you're spiritually minded, you will have peace. If you know anybody that you know that's spiritual, they got peace. Anybody grew up in that old school? And I'm talking where, you know, them old mothers in the church and, you know, they could cook. A lot of them didn't have a whole lot of money, but they had peace. And we would gravitate to that peace. We would gravitate to that wisdom. And we knew a lot of them that they, they you know, financially, because even back then, you know, I believe that the, the, I believe that the church did them a disjustice because back in that day and time, you just kind of talked, you just kind of went with what you knew, and you would tell folks things like, and I would hear it all the time, you know, uh, I got holy hands and empty pockets, but God is still good. And, 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 and that would be the doctrine that God don't want you to have a whole lot of money. They would avoid scriptures like, you know, Ecclesiastics 10, 19, that money answereth all things. They would avoid scriptures like Deuteronomy 8 and 18, that God gives us power to gain wealth. They, they would avoid scriptures like Proverbs 13, 22, that the wealth of the wicked is, is laid up for the righteous. They, they would avoid scriptures like Ecclesiastics uh, 7 and 12, where it says money is a defense. And Paul told us in Acts 20, verse 27, put that up real quick, Acts 20. Look what Paul, and thank y'all, y'all are following me so good back there. Look at this, Acts uh, uh, 20 and 27. This is what Paul said, look at this, Acts chapter 20. It says, for I have not shunned, that word shunned means I have not hesitated to declare to you the whole, somebody say the whole, counsel of God. We need the whole counsel. We need it all. We don't want to be a church that teaches yo, every topic is on prosperity, but there needs to be a balance. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I'm running through the fruit of the spirit. Next week, we'll be talking about self-control, then we'll kind of end it with probably gentleness, amen? But it's important that, that, that we teach the whole counsel of God. And I ask God, why, God? Why the whole counsel? He said, because I want my people to be whole. Because Hosea 4, 6 says, my people, they perish for the lack of knowledge. How many people do me and you know that grew up in the pews, but they perish for lack of knowledge? And there were some things that they never were able to tap into because some pastors were scared to teach on certain topics. I think it's important that we teach on controversial topics. That's part of the reason why I do Periscope is because I like to talk about controversial things. And I've given, I've gotten some, I've gotten some flack from some people, you know, but the majority of people appreciate it. But I've had somebody told me, go get a real job. I said, brother, if you were, did what I did for one week, you would fall out and flatline. <laughs> but let's get into this some more. So God, number one, God has sent us peace. Number two, God will fill you with his peace. Number two, I'm sorry, number three. God wants you to have peace at home and at church. Go to Psalm 122 and 7. Psalm 122 real quick and 7. So God wants you to have peace at home and church. 
It says, uh, peace be within your walls. I remember I grew up in church and people would always, when I was a little kid, they would say things like, I come to church because I just, there's peace at church. And uh, there should be. But then they, would, they dreaded going home. You should never leave here dreading to go home. When I got home yesterday from being out of town, I felt peace in my home. My dog came and greeted me, praise the Lord. Then the rest of my family came and greeted me. Why? Because there's peace. You should be praying for peace in your walls. You should never go home and be nervous. You should never pull up to your house and be like, If that's the case, we need, to, we need to call up. We need to get a prayer line tonight. You should never go home. <sighs> I got to brace myself. No, there should be some peace up in them walls. Is that what it says? Peace be within your walls. Some of you tonight, if you don't have peace in your home, you better go shanda, kanda, all of that. Walk, take your authority. I've had people come to me, Pastor, I need you to bless my house. You need to bless your own house. I'm busy. <laughs> now, it's been a few of y'all. I done did, came over, praise the Lord. We shanda and praise the Lord and, you know, kuna matana and, you know. But my point saying all that is that you need to be doing that. Men, you men, you take authority over your home. And be like, this is a house of, these walls got peace all in them. Begin to pray to these walls. Pray to these bedrooms. Amen? And tell your kids, keep that door open. You know, we was growing up, boy, you didn't close your door. No, I'm just, <laughs> it's a new day. My kids know you better close that door. You better not be doing nothing crazy in there, though. Close that door by yourself. I didn't say you could bring your girlie over. Come on, son. <laughs> Y'all going to be downstairs. Uh, amen. Minister said, where I can see you. Amen. So we still got that. Hey, don't lose all your tradition. Peace be within your walls. Don't y'all feel the peace within these walls? Because y'all know I ain't going to let nobody come here act a fool. We had to send tell somebody about eight months ago, it's time you got to go. You're disturbing the peace. Well, my church in California, this is how we did it in California, this Arizona. This kingdom. You got to adapt to the culture, the climate at this church, sweetie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of them aggressive pastors. Why? Because I need there to be peace up in here. I, I, somebody, I don't know who walked through these doors on a Sunday at that 8 o'clock, that 9.30, that 11.30, that came from chaos. They need to at least be able to come to this church and experience the peace of God. Because them experiencing peace could cause them to give their life to Jesus that Sunday. Them experiencing peace could cause them to rededicate their life and say, I'm tired of being reckless and wasteful. I'm tired of being a prodigal daughter and a prodigal son. We don't know because there's peace in this building. They can come to themselves. That's in Luke 15, 17. It says the prodigal son, he, he came to himself. Uh-huh. There it is right there. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough uh, to spare and I perish with hunger? In other words, he came to the conclusion he had some quiet time with the Lord and realized he didn't have to be where he was. I need them to walk through these doors and be like, you know what? I don't need to be where I am. 
So that's why it's important that we have peace between these walls. And there needs to be peace in your home. Amen? Man, you women, you men, you pray peace over your house. So number three, God wants you to have peace at home and in the church. Go to Psalm 147 and 14. 147 and 14. Look at this real quick. It says, he makes peace in your borders, which means in your region, your territory. So it goes on. He makes peace in your borders, and he fills you uh, with the finest wheat. But let's, let's stay on this. He makes peace in your borders. Wherever territory you live in, whatever region you live in, because you have God's peace on the inside of you, amen, you should even bring a level of peace to that community. You should bring a level of peace to that city. You know, I've been living in Surprise since 2004. 2008 was voted, Surprise Arizona was voted the safest place to live in Arizona. I'm going to take a little credit for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? Because I live, that's my borders, that's my territory, that's my region. I pray for my city. I cover my city with prayer, amen? And all of us should be, wherever you live, Glendale, Peoria, uh, uh, Santana Valley, we got people coming from Tonopah, Buckeye, uh, 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 Goodyear, Avondale, Litchfield Park, wherever you live, amen? When you pull up, the peace should be pulling up. Why? Because peace live on the inside of you. You bring a level of peace to that border. You bring a level of peace to that territory. You bring a level of peace to that community. How many of you received that on tonight? Amen? Come on, you're an extension of God in the earth. Come on, we didn't came to this city. Come on, this A500, what is it, A50029? We've brought a level of peace to this area. I'm here to take this zip code. I didn't come here to, to play around and play ring around the rosy. I come here meaning business, God business. You understand what I'm saying? We putting the spiritual facelift on this community. People are coming from this community and coming to your church. Why? Because they know there's some peace up in here. And if they don't know, when they walk through here, they're going to know it. Why? Because it's on you. Because really, it ain't in these walls. It's in you. You bring peace to this place. That's why ain't none of y'all disruptive. And if somebody did trip, y'all going to be like, what are you doing? Can I get a witness up in here? If somebody tripping, then y'all would be like, what? Uh-uh. Because you're trying to get your word. You're trying to get into worship. And somebody messing with your peace, you'll be like, hey, excuse me. You might want to switch roles. You ever have somebody just a hindrance on your role? You like, let me get into this. God wants you to have peace at home. Four, and we're almost done. Number four, God will multiply peace into your life. Go to 2 Peter 1, 2. 2 Peter one, two. Look at this. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I love that. So that lets me know that there's different levels of God's peace. You don't have to just get hit a certain level and be satisfied or content. You're grateful and you're appreciative, but every day you're like, Lord, I thank you that you're going to multiply more peace into my life. So look at that. God will multiply peace into your life. Now go to Jude 1 and 2. Jude 1 and 2. That's the last book before uh, Revelations. So look at that. Then it says mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. So if you're at a place to where you're asking God to elevate you, to take you to another place in him, 
Always say, Lord, I thank you, though, that you're going to multiply peace into my life so I can handle my next level. Because a lot of times we got to be careful, like I said earlier, what we ask God for. Because, and now don't get me wrong, you need to ask, because Philippians 4, 6 says, let your requests be made known unto God. But when those requests begin to be granted, one of the things that you want to, after that, you say, Lord, give me peace at that level. Give me strength from my next level. So number five, and we're done. Peace will keep you. So the benefits of peace is God has sent his peace to us. God will fill you with his peace. God wants you to have peace at home and church. Number four, God will multiply your peace. He will multiply peace into your life. Number five, peace will keep you. Go to Isaiah 26.3. Now this has got to be one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. Who's mine? stay on you because he trusteth, trusteth in you. But in the entry says you will keep him in perfect peace. But the prerequisite is that you got to keep your mind stayed on him. You keep your mind stayed on God, peace will keep you. Keep you from flatlining. Keep you from having a nervous breakdown. Keep you from having the human moment and operating out of your carnality on somebody. So peace will keep you. So he said, his peace will, he says, whose mind is stayed on him. Keep your mind stayed on him. And this last scripture, all familiar to most of you, Philippians 4 and 7. Look at this real quick, Philippians 4 and 7. So remember, peace will keep you. And the peace of God which surpasseth all understanding, it will guard. One translation says, it will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Then uh, verse 8, look at this. Look at this, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. Somebody say meditate. meditate. On these things. If we learn how to meditate on those things that I just covered, we'll have that peace. Peace will keep you. Don't meditate on your problem. Meditate on how God's a problem solver. Anybody in this building, he's been solving problems in your life. You've hit the wall, and here he comes solving your problem. I'm here to tell you, if other problems are going to come, I wish I could prophesy and say that God spoke to me and said, no more problems are coming. Listen, for every dimension, for every level, for every place God takes you into, there's going to be a storm that's going to come your way. Remember, even on the boat, remember they, the, the boat, the waters were beating on the boat and the disciples were going crazy and they came and got Jesus while he was asleep because Jesus knew how to sleep through his storm. Don't you allow your storm to cause you to be sleepless. He woke up and he spoke to his storm. What did he say? Peace be still. Told that storm to calm down. He was able to speak to his sea. In other words, you got to know how to speak to your trouble. Speak to your mountain. Those obstacles, those, those hindrances in your life. And tell, your tell that stuff, peace, be still. Let's pray. Father, we honor you. We thank you for the word that's gone forth. Lord, we thank you that we will take what we've heard tonight, that we will apply it to our life. Lord, we thank you for the benefits of peace. You sent your peace. Not only that, you said peace will fill us. Peace in our home. Peace be multiplied to your people tonight, God. And we thank you that peace will keep us.
maybe you're here tonight maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 it says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved if that's you if you're